SEP Fanfic Readings presents Finding Hermione by Ebook Dragon Chapter 49 Draco groaned as he heard the words that ruined his perfectly well-thought-out plan to remain on the couch for the rest of the afternoon. "'Who's the letter from, love?' he asked, his arm still draped over his eyes. "'What the hell?' Hermione screeched. Draco sat up now. He was starting to worry that the letter was hate mail or something from Weasley that a sympathetic guard smuggled out of Azkaban. "'Who is the letter from?' he asked again in a tone that meant he wanted an answer. Hermione responded by handing over the letter with an angry, "'Here!' Draco grasped the letter and bypassed all the contents, and went for the signature at the bottom. The name Lavender Brown was scrawled across the bottom of the page. Draco let out a sigh of relief that it wasn't something worse. His eyes moved back up to the top of the page to read the letter. "'January 18th, 2014.' Dear Hermione, I would like to take this opportunity to thank you for your generosity in hiring me for the position of assistant manager of Granger House. It meant the world to me that you saw something in me that recommended me to this position. I want you to understand how much it meant that you would offer me employment and find a place for me in your foundation. I feel that I must resign from my post as assistant manager. My actions and reputation appear to be a detriment to the respected organization you are trying to create. I apologize that my notoriety has created negative publicity for you and Granger House. I hope that my resignation will cease the negativity directed at you and Granger House. It saddens me to leave, however. I believe it to be for the greater good. Without me, your organization will grow. Without my presence, people will trust you again when you say that you offer protection to women and children in abusive situations. I would not want my continued employment with Granger House to deter even one woman from seeking the shelter she needs from an abusive spouse. Sincerely, Lavender Brown. "'Well, it seems that she's taken care of this problem for us,' Draco said, folding the letter back up and handing it over to Hermione. Hermione took the letter from his hand and smacked his shoulder with it. "'That's what you'd like, isn't it?' she practically growled and struck him again with a letter. "'For me to just abandon her!' Draco took the creased letter from her hand before she could start hitting him again. "'You're not abandoning her, but it's odd for you to want to, to be part of our lives.' I don't understand why you're this upset that she decided to quit rather than continuing to damage the reputation of the domestic abuse shelter you created. Hermione paused and looked thoughtful. Draco hoped for a second that he'd gotten through to her, and they could put this mess behind him. But he could go back to lazing on the couch. His hopes were dashed, though, a moment later when Hermione stubbornly stomped her foot. I gave her a joke when no one else would, when people would question why I would want to associate with my former husband's mistress— "'She shouldn't just quit because times got tough?' Hermione snarled, throwing her hands up in air in frustration. Draco narrowed his eyes at her as if he were trying to penetrate into her brilliant mind. Were these pregnancy hormones? Gryffindor stubbornness? Did she feel like Lavender was abandoning her? Draco took a deep breath and pinched the bridge of his nose as he tried to genuinely understand why she was this upset. "'I don't think she quit because times got tough, love,' Draco said consolingly. He reached out and pulled her stiff form down to sit beside him on the couch. Draco rubbed Hermione's arms reassuringly. I'm sure she just thinks she's doing you a favor in quitting so that you don't feel like you have to fire her. Hermione jerked away from him and grabbed the crumpled up letter. I'm not going to let her do it. This organization is about helping women, and she needs help. Hermione stood and went over to the fireplace. Hermione, Draco called after her. Please just respect her decision, or at least sit on it for a day or two and let things mellow out. I'm going to talk to her, Draco, and you're not going to stop me. With that pronouncement, Hermione was through the flu and off to lay siege to Lavender Brown. 
Draco huffed as he watched Hermione leave. Please let it be hormones, he prayed. He knew Hermione's Gryffindor bleeding heart wouldn't let her just abandon someone she decided to help, which was why he loved her so much. She was so different than a Slytherin. Sure, she had her moments of craftiness and cunning, but deep down she cared too much about people. Slytherins were different. Yes, they cared and loved people, but usually only those closest to them, those that had earned their respect and loyalty. Draco wouldn't have bothered to help Lavender Brown if he were in the same position as Hermione. Forgive, maybe, eventually, but to help her, and often at Hermione's expense, never. It wasn't his decision, though. If Hermione was determined to help Lavender make something of her life, Draco would support her decision. Draco nodded to himself as his decision was made. Not that it was a difficult one. He went in search of Rose so that they could chase after Hermione. Draco found Rose and Tansy working side by side on making their dinner. Rose was up to her elbows in flour, with it liberally sprinkled over the hunter-green jumper his mother had dressed her in that morning. She cut the biscuits into circles with a cup Tansy had given her and placed them on the baking sheet. Draco went over and kissed Rose on the forehead. "'Let's get you cleaned up, princess,' he said. "'But I'm helping Tansy make dinner,' Rose protested. Draco thought about just leaving her here with Tansy, but he didn't like the idea. Tansy wasn't Rose's nanny. While Tansy didn't protest at being asked to look after Rose, Draco didn't want to get into the habit of expecting Tansy to take care of her whenever they popped out for a while. Besides, he and Hermione hadn't spent any time with Rose since yesterday morning before dropping her off at school. "'I just thought that maybe you'd want to go with me to visit Uncle Charlie,' Draco wheedled. "'Uncle Charlie!' Rose exclaimed, clapping her hands and sending a cloud of flour into the air. "'These biscuits look great,' Tansy praised. "'Thank you for your help, Miss Rose.' "'Thank you, Tansy,' Draco told the house-elf. Tansy bobbed her head, and her cheeks tinged a little pink. "'You're welcome, Mr. Draco.' Draco stepped out of the flue with Rose into Lavender's living room. Sounds of arguing could be heard from deeper within the townhouse. "'Eamuff's princess,' Draco instructed. Rose gave him a scrunched-up look of confusion. Draco placed her hands over her ears, and Rose giggled. Draco smiled to himself and led Rose through the living room to the kitchen, where the source of the arguing was. He pushed open the swinging door to find Hermione and Lavender on opposite sides of the center island. Draco stopped just inside the entrance to look around the room. Lavender's kitchen was decorated simply, unlike her living room, which was a testament to her name. The kitchen had white cabinets with black marble countertops. While Lavender and Hermione were battling it out across the island, Charlie was lounging on a corner farmhouse table with his feet kicked up on the bench. Charlie was also munching loudly on popcorn and appeared to be watching an entertainment show. "'What the?' Hermione screeched, caught sight of Draco and froze in the doorway, and amended, "'French toast!' "'What are you doing here?' Hermione asked Draco. Draco went over to Hermione and dropped a kiss on her brow. "'Sorry to intrude,' he apologized to Lavender. "'Why not? The more the merrier!' Lavender huffed at him. Draco turned to Hermione. "'I just thought Rose would like to see her Uncle Charlie.' Uh "'Uh-huh,' Hermione said, not buying his excuse.' She turned back to Lavender and said, "'Draco thinks that I should just let you resign.' "'Don't get me involved in this,' Draco protested, not wanting to be drawn into the argument between the two witches. He had no problem disagreeing with her, but he wasn't going to take someone else's side against her. Draco moved to where Charlie and Rose were sitting and sat on a corner of the bench. "'Popcorn?' Charlie asked, holding out the bag for him. "'No, thanks. What's your take on this?' Charlie huffed another handful of popcorn into his mouth and munched thoughtfully on it. "'Typical Gryffindors, the both of them,' he said after he swallowed. 
You can't do this to me, Lavender, Hermione yelled. Care to elaborate? Draco asked. Rose was sitting between Draco and Charlie. He caught her sneaking handfuls of popcorn out of Charlie's bag and thoroughly ruining her dinner. I'm trying to help you, you daft witch! Lavender yelled back. Charlie gestured over to Lavender. Well, Lav is trying to be noble and quit so that Hermione doesn't feel like she has to fire her, and she feels guilty about all the bad publicity that she caused Hermione. And Hermione? Draco prodded, curious to see what the man's take on Hermione's behavior was. I don't need your help! Hermione screeched. Draco and Charlie shared a look at Hermione's statement. Well, Hermione's always been much more selfless than other Gryffindors. Charlie started. Good! Then you don't need me working for you! Lavender practically growled. Draco nodded in agreement. He knew the only reason Harry and Weasel passed their classes was that Hermione helped them with their assignments. And by help, he meant he was pretty sure they copied off her exhaustive papers. That's not what I meant and you know it! Hermione said in frustration. The scandal will blow over in a few days, but that's no reason to just throw away a good opportunity. Tell me if you think I'm wrong, but it seems that Hermione is almost compelled to help those in need, even if it's at her own expense, Charlie continued. It does feel like she's overreacting a little bit, doesn't it? Draco confessed. She's stubborn, you know that, Charlie said, waving off Draco's concern. Hates to be wrong about anything. Hermione, people aren't going to trust me. "'Lavender said with a pleading tone. "'Charlie rose from his lounging position on the table. "'Why don't we go upstairs and let these two figure it out?' he suggested. "'Draco rose as well and followed Charlie upstairs to the loft. "'Lavender's three children still at home were there. "'Lydia was curled up on the front window seat, reading a book. "'Daniel was sitting in the middle of the floor, "'surrounded by blocks and building little towers out of them. "'Draco watched as Arthur came over to Daniel and kicked over his blocks. "'Daniel wailed at his brother and picked up a block.' Then, just as his arm was cocked back and ready to launch the block at Arthur, Charlie sprung forward and plucked it from his tiny grip. "'We don't throw things, Danny boy,' Charlie admonished. "'He kicked over my blocks,' Daniel protested. "'I know, and I'm going to have a talk with him next. "'But we're talking about you now,' Charlie said. "'But he—' Daniel started to protest again. "'No,' Charlie said firmly. "'We don't throw things at people. "'Why don't we throw things at people?' "'Because someone could get hurt,' Daniel replied with a pout. Arthur was slowly inching his way around the room. Draco could tell the boy was trying to get down the stairs to avoid being yelled at. Draco was still standing at the top of the stairs and blocking the boy's path. Draco wondered if he thought Draco wouldn't interfere. Charlie snapped around and leveled a severe look at Arthur. "'Don't you move one more step,' Charlie told Arthur in a pretty impressive dad voice. Charlie seemed like he was catching on pretty well to his new parenting role— especially compared to the last time Draco spoke with him. Arthur sullenly looked down at his feet and shifted from side to side. "'Why did you do that to your brother?' Charlie knelt down and asked Arthur. "'I don't know,' Arthur mumbled. "'Do you think that was a nice thing to do to your brother?' Charlie persisted. Arthur shook his head. "'No.' "'No, it wasn't,' Charlie agreed. He lifted Arthur's chin up and made him look at him. "'I want you to go over there and apologize to Daniel for kicking over his blocks.' Arthur shuffled reluctantly over to Daniel and muttered a sullen, "'Sorry.' "'Sorry for what?' Charlie prompted. Arthur heaved a sigh and said in a rush, "'Sorry for kicking over your blocks.' "'Say it like you mean it,' Charlie said. Another sigh from Arthur, and he shouted, "'Sorry for kicking over your blocks!' Charlie rolled his eyes and let the matter drop. "'Play nicely now, please.' 
While this whole altercation had gone on, Rose moved over to the window seat where Lydia was. Rose seemed to be determinedly trying to get the older girl's attention without flat-out demanding it. But unfortunately, Lydia seemed just as determined to ignore the younger girl. "'What are you reading?' Rose asked Lydia. Lydia didn't respond, but held the book up higher where Rose could read the cover. "'What's it about?' Rose tried asking. Lydia continued to ignore Rose. "'Can I play with your dolls?' Rose asked. Lydia shrugged in answer. Rose left the window seat and went over to grab a few dolls where they were lined up on a shelf in the corner of the room. Rose went back over to the window seat and held out a doll and offering to her. "'Would you like to play with me?' Rose asked. Lydia snapped her book shut with a loud crack. "'I just want to read!' she shouted at Rose. "'I want to be left alone so that I can read. I don't want to play with dolls. I don't—' "'Lydia!' Charlie barked. "'That's not the way to treat your sister or a guest in this house.' Draco went over to Rose, who was looking tearfully at the dolls in her hands. He picked her up, dolls and all, and carried her over to the couch against the wall and sat with her in his lap. "'Why she doesn't like to play with me?' Rose asked tearfully. "'I don't know, Princess. Maybe she just wants some quiet time,' Draco offered. Charlie came over and sat on the end of the sofa. "'I'm sorry,' he said in weariness. Charlie raked a hand through his long hair. "'They're not having an easy time at school.' it's gotten worse since the trial. "'What's going on?' Draco asked. He wanted not to care, but Hermione considered these people family. He had developed a reluctant liking of Charlie Weasley. Draco set Rose down on the floor at his feet to play with the dolls. "'I never realized how cruel kids could be to each other, especially at that age,' Charlie said, gesturing to Lydia and Arthur. "'I know the kids are just repeating what their parents are saying about Ron and Lavender.' Draco knew how brutal children could be to one another." He'd been one of those cruel children. He bullied anyone he viewed as beneath him. And that was almost everyone. He didn't really grow out of it until the seventh year. He was still required to act the part. He was too scared not to. "'We've been up to Hogwarts every day this week,' Charlie continued. "'Neville is at his wit's end about what to do with Fred.' Curious, Draco asked, "'What's going on with Fred?' "'Fighting, jinxes, the usual,' Charlie told him. Not that it mattered, but Draco pressed on. "'Who starts it?' Charlie sighed and rubbed a rough hand over his face. "'Sometimes it's Fred. Sometimes it's the other kids. I'm starting to think that when it's Fred, he attacks first before the other kid gets a chance to attack him.' Draco and Hermione hadn't received any letters from Scorpius or Minerva, saying that Fred was bullying them. Draco made a mental note to ask in his next letter to the children. "'I see you're worrying if it's your kids,' Charlie commented. Draco mentally kicked himself for being so transparent— it was a very un-Slytherin thing to do. "'Don't go all poker face on me,' Charlie said in a teasing tone. "'Given their history, I was sure Fred would be targeting them.' "'Yes,' Draco agreed. "'I was worried he would be targeting at least Minerva as the source of his grievances.' Muffled sounds of Hermione and Lavender, still arguing, could be heard drifting up the stairs. "'Should we go down and put a stop to this?' Draco wondered. He didn't like it that Hermione was getting so worked up. He knew stress couldn't be good for her or the twins.' Nah, Charlie said. They'll both either calm down soon or storm off in opposite directions. Gryffindors, Draco said with an eye roll. Witches, Charlie shot back with a grin. Stomping now echoed up the stairs, and soon Hermione's curly head appeared at the top of the stairs. We're leaving, she announced to the room. Have a nice visit, Charlie said sardonically. Hermione shot him a nasty look. She's being stubborn, Hermione seethed quietly. Draco supposed that it was so Lavender's children wouldn't hear her talking negatively about their mother. "'She doesn't need to be so self-sacrificing!' 
so... Like a Gryffindor, Charlie interrupted. Hermione looked like she was ready to protest Charlie's assessment, but Charlie held up his hand. You need to go easy on her, Charlie urged. She's having a rough time right now with the kids and school. She's very stressed out. She thinks she's doing the right thing by quitting, even though she didn't want to do it. Charlie paused before he told Hermione. She was excited to be able to do some good for others. That's why we shouldn't let her quit, Hermione said. She wants to do this, and I don't think we should let negative publicity keep her from it. Just give her some space. Let this die down, Charlie urged again. Let's go home, Hermione, Draco said. It's getting close to dinner time anyway. Hermione's stomach growled loudly enough for it to be heard by everyone in their small group. Are you hungry, Mummy? Rose asked. Hermione smoothed her hand over Rose's curls. Yes, I'm getting rather hungry. Why don't you go put the dolls away? Draco suggested. They left Lavender's house with quiet and silted goodbyes. Awkward because they were the invaders in this home. Welcome, but not exactly. I forgot to ask, Hermione said after Rose was put to bed that night after three stories had been wheedled from her before Rose fell into an exhausted sleep. What's going on with Lavender's children? Draco sat down on the couch. Hermione sat down on the opposite side and put her feet in his lap. Draco started massaging her feet and calves. He told her what Charlie confessed to him about Fred, Lydia, and Arthur. "'Oh, that's so horrible,' Hermione said aghast. "'We should write to Scorpius and Minerva and tell them to befriend Fred.' "'No,' Draco spoke the word firmly. He did not want the children to feel forced into a friendship with Lavender Brown's children. Fred had bullied them at the beginning of the year. If Scorpius and Minerva wanted to forgive and forget, that was up to them to decide.' Hermione looked stubborn with her jaw set as she started to try and pull up her feet from his grasp. Draco grasped her ankle to keep her in place. "'Hear me out,' Draco coaxed. "'They're old enough to decide who they want to be friends with without our interference. I know I didn't much care for my father telling me who I could be friends with at that age.' Draco shrugged to himself. Mostly it would have been who he could not be friends with. "'Would you have wanted your parents telling you that you had to go make friends with someone you might not necessarily want to be around?' Draco asked. He could tell that Hermione wanted to deny his assessment of the situation. However, honesty made her agree that she wouldn't have welcomed her parents' interference into her friendships. "'I just feel so bad for them,' Hermione said. "'I know. I do, too,' Draco agreed. "'But it's not for us to sort it out. I'm sure that Scorpius and Minerva aren't part of the group that's bullying Fred. Charlie assured me that the children weren't on either side of Fred's altercations.' "'That's good to hear, at least,' Hermione said in relief." She moaned as Draco dug his thumbs into the arch of her foot. Draco loved the sound of that moan as it fell from her lips. He continued massaging her feet. Then he started sliding his hands up to rub her calves, earning himself another moan in appreciation. "'You tempt me so when you make those noises, lioness,' Draco said huskily. Hermione gave him a saucy look. "'Why don't we head to bed, then, so I may tempt you further?' 